welcome into the John Cast podcast. That's the new intro. If you're watching on YouTube or Spotify, it's going to make a lot more sense. And if you're just listening to this podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever, and it's a very abrupt ending, so I might have to do something with that. But welcome in. This is the John Cast podcast. This is episode number 52. So happy that uh, everybody has chosen to come along and join me for this ride. And we're up over 50. And just a reminder that looking to do that listener party. I'll have all the details real soon at me and Julio in Madison. I'm going to have a special guest, going to have a live podcast, go out there and have a margarita or two because they're delicious. I'll get you all the details. Like I said, it's going to be a fast turnaround looking at mid-May. So start keeping mid-May open and check out me and Julio. They got their Tuesday and Thursday margarita specials. Plus they got their wine Wednesdays. Also brought to you by Ian's Pizza in Madison, three locations. Always got new slices does Ian's Pizza. Ian's Pizza also in Denver, in Seattle, and in Milwaukee, if you happen to be in Milwaukee. But uh, you can go check out Ian's Pizza in Madison. Uh, delicious. All the different variety of slices. And if you want a cool Wisconsin sports-themed t-shirt, it's always johncastpodcast.com. But I'm pretty excited for today's podcast because I'm speaking with somebody I knew back in Madison um, not too long ago, but it seems like forever ago. Today's guest is a former sports reporter at WKOW-TV in Madison, also worked at, is it, do you say Nesson or is it NESN? I've never really, I never, we'll, we'll ask her about it, but I know her from <laughs> Madison in her time at WKOW, that's how I know her, and we'll talk about her broadcasting career and what's next for her. Welcome to the John Cast Podcast, Celie Godwin. How are you, Celie? John, I am great, and yes, it is Nesson. Uh, you were not the first one to ever ask that question, but yes, it is Nesson, New England Sports Network. That's where I was the last two years. But 2015, 2017, that's the last uh, two years that I was with you in Madison. So it's okay. it's been a minute, but it's good to be here. Yeah, it's been. We were just talking about how time goes so fast because that does, to me, it seems like, oh, I remember Celie. We talked like a couple of years ago, and she's, nope, <laughs> wait, like half a decade. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's absolutely wild. Um, there's so many good memories too in Madison. All the things we've got, we got to experience with UW. Um, all the different coaching changes, all the great, fantastic runs that the basketball team had, that the volleyball team had. I mean, watching the volleyball team win, you know, even though I was back here in Tallahassee, it was like, oh, it just felt so good to finally see them get that breakthrough and get that win. So, um, but yeah, and the Ian's Pizza, as you were talking about that too, I miss that pizza. Oh, it's so good. So good. <laughs> it's so good. So you were around, you were on for both final fours with the Badger? Uh, I came in at the tail end of the last one. Last so I got one. there okay. the week after they got eliminated and it was just so sad with Frank the Tank and Sam Decker. Um, it, it was sad to see that ending that they had, but man, they just had such great basketball teams with Bo Ryan and then now with Greg Gard. Um, and just their kind of their their defensive ways. They're so different than a lot of other teams in the country, just because they play just such great defensive ball. Even though it's low scoring games, they're just very fundamentally sound. So I mm miss -hmm. uh, covering the Big Ten and, and basketball in the Big Ten. Yeah, so, yeah. So you got here. So you got here right after they lost to Duke. Yes. Like a week afterwards. It was literally the week after. I remember I just found out that I had gotten the job. And I was so pumped about covering basketball. I was like, man, maybe I'll get there just in time. Yeah. And I didn't. So, um, but then, it, you know, there was so much to look forward to for the next years to come um, and to see that program grow and the, and the transition over to guard. So, and that yeah. whole family, it, it was it was such a great experience covering those basketball teams. Yeah. So what's what's new with you then? What's been keeping you busy since your time in Madison and then uh, your time in Boston? 
Yeah. So after Madison, I went to Denver. I was there for two years oh, at KUSA. Funny. And then I then I went over to Boston uh, and I got to launch a show, which was a first in my career. It was a late night sports show called Nesson After Hours. And it was so fun. And there was so much excitement toward, you know, what we were going to do. Three months into it, the pandemic happens. And so it just kind of mm -hmm. changed everything because we were going to be having people in studio doing a lot of live interviews and things like that so it just kind of changed everything so i did two years of that we were we were out of office you know out of out of our workplace out of studio and then we finally got to come back and so i did that for two years and then in november as we all know this industry is tough and it's very hard to keep a show going so they decided to just move in a different direction with the show and so the show was unfortunately canceled. And so I came back home and I'm back in Tallahassee, Florida, and I'm working with Seminole Productions and I'm covering all things Florida State. So I'm back in college athletics, which I am so pumped about. Um, just covering college is just, you. it really shows you how much the, the true love is there for, for sports because college athletes are just truly passionate about what they're doing. Not that pro athletes are jaded or anything, but it's just, working with that type of, of, of athlete is so different than pro athletes. So I'm covering baseball and softball right now, and it's been really fun to do that with Florida State. Yeah, and you were a college athlete, which I want to get to, right? Very at, briefly. Very, very briefly. briefly. Okay, at Florida State, we'll talk about correct. All right, we'll talk about that a little bit. That's that's bad timing with the, uh, the late night show uh, in Boston because everything you probably had, like you said, like you just had to stop. Yeah, essentially, right? Just had to stop and like, what what could you do with that show? Probably figure out what Zoom was because remember the days <laughs> when we didn't know what Zoom was. We and all were. We all had to figure out what Zoom was and and how to, you know, do a whole show. And you're also working with a co-host, a co-host oh, sure. you just had met three months prior. So you're still trying to figure each other out. And you know, it was so hard to anticipate what his actions were, what he wanted to talk about. So it was. It was interesting to to do that out of studio, but we did such a great job. And I'm so proud of the work that we did do throughout that pandemic because there was no sports going on. So they relied heavily on our show to give them fresh content each and every day. And we did that for months until sports came back. I mean, that was tough. And I was so proud of our entire team from our producers, directors, all of our editors, uh, everyone involved just really just went all in even though we were going through that scary, unpredictable time with the pandemic. And then just to see the evolution of sports coming back and then us getting back in studio and starting to get guests again and not having to be so far apart. Um, it was a wild, wild ride, but I was just super proud of everything we were able to do in those two years. Yeah. So what was it like? Because you always hear about certain uh, spots in the United States with the sports mm -hmm. fans and just covering sports and everybody knows how passionate Boston fans are with their sports. So what was it like covering sports in a city like Boston? Yeah, I've, I've been in a lot of different cities. I've covered a lot of different sports, you know, Missouri, Wisconsin, Colorado, Florida and Massachusetts. And without a doubt, hands down, Boston's unlike any other when it comes to sports. The most casual fan will quiz you about things. They're just <laughs> next level. And they have all those titles. I mean, I know that Green Bay kind of gets, you know, title town, all that kind of rep, but 
you kind of have that in Boston because they've won in just about every single sport there. And yes, with Tom Brady leaving, the Patriots have not exactly been the same since, but I am a Mac Jones believer. I think he's going to be a great quarterback. I know that can sometimes be a hot take with some people, but and then you're seeing what the Celtics are doing right now, and they've been right there getting into, you know, the Eastern Conference Finals and getting mm -hmm. deep and just trying to get over that hump. So, but the fans there, especially with Red Sox and Bruins too, I mean, you just can keep going and going. And the Revs and now the Connecticut Sun, they've always been in the conversation too, being in the WNBA Finals. It's just, you, you don't stop, you don't sleep because sports are all the time and everyone up there cares that whole entire region knows what they're talking about no no disrespect to the other markets i've been to and the other sports fans but boston's next level well and you mentioned you know title town and boston has a lot of titles through so many uh, you know the red Sox now over the last two mm -hmm. decades or whatever it's been yeah. and uh obviously the patriots with tom brady so like do do you think boston fans do they get it that they know like Right now, it's good times for them, or there's still some people that just kind of want to complain to complain. I will say nothing satisfies Boston fans. <laughs> <laughs> you can be winning, and it's still not good enough. Right, right. <laughs> it's incredible. The standards are so high there. Mm -hmm. And you, you win, you know, 17 NBA titles. You win, you know, four MLB titles in the last 20 years. You, I mean, you you get you get one with the Bruins. The Bruins have you know been up and down. They've had great seasons, and all of a sudden they just can't get it going in postseason. Um, but I mean, it's just it's never good enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's never good enough, is it's, it? I, it, it? They love you a lot, but it's if things are going bad, you will hear about it every single day at the water cooler. And your work emails and the Slack and the group chats, everyone is talking about it. Like all the way from your 80-year-old grandmother to your five-year-old daughter, they know everything about what's going on. They're diehards. Yeah. Um, so when did you want to be a sports reporter? What, how did that work for you? Like what was there a moment? Was there a time? Did it just gradually happen? What, what was that like? Yeah, I feel like it was such a natural progression for me, honestly. Um, I did reality TV as a kid. Uh, when I was 14, I was on a competitive reality TV show. Wait, hold on. What What is this show? I forgot about this. Thank you for bringing this up. <laughs> I remember something about it, but now you're, what, what show was it? It's called Endurance, um, which Endurance. it's no longer around, but they can have I, relaunched it under a different name. Can I bring up um, YouTube clips and we can watch them together right now? Yes. Okay. All right. I'll look. You keep talking. Yes. And it's, it's really funny because I... You, if you watch that show and you watch episodes of me, you'll understand me, Quinty. Very competitive, very driven, um, very loud. Uh, but I was on season five, which was season called five. High Sierras. They ended up having six seasons. Um, and I was on green team. It was boy-girl teams. And you would compete on these group missions and team missions. And you would you know, either win, you know, kind of an advantage or a pyramid piece, um, which is you were trying to collect, or you would win the right to send two teams to the Temple of Fate. Okay. They had all these great little names for certain things. Um, this was back in like, what, 2005, six? This feels like we were talking about 2015 being a long time ago. That was a long time ago. Um, so yeah, I was on that show, uh, summer 2000, gosh, 
uh, six. Yes, the okay. 2006. So well, I can't. I can't find. That might uh, be a good thing. <laughs> I, okay, but I did find here. Hold on. Let me let me see if I can do this. If you're watching on Spotify, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to share my screen, and we're going to. I found a picture of you though. Have you seen, you know what I'm talking about? I Googled uh, en Endurance Sealy YouTube season five and well, I don't know. <laughs> um, let me see if I push the right button. There we go. And if you see this, can you see oh, on your screen? Yep. There you are right there. The crazy hair. Yep. Ah, my hair was like all the way down to my butt basically. It was super long. And back <laughs> in those days, we were talking about hair before we we start, went live on this podcast. Back in those days, the, the highlights were yeah. big. Okay. Yeah. Everybody had highlights. Frosted tips. Oh yeah. Did you do frosted tips? I don't want to say. There might be <laughs> there might be some some videos of me in college uh, with some frosted tips in the uh, what year would that have been? Early two thousands probably. That sounds about right, right? Early two thousand. I'm sorry. There, there's a lot of great fashion in the nineties and eighties and seventies, but I don't want anyone to bring back the two uh, thousands because no. that was some raw fashion. That's, you know, I always think about fashion. Um, and by the way, I do want to get back to the sports reporter because I thought we were telling. Great with tangents. Yeah. Um, um, but no, I always think about fashion like what, like I'm going to look back at this right now mm -hmm. in like six, seven years. I'm going to go, why'd you wear that? I look stupid. You know what I mean? Like it just happens all the time. I don't think there's anything we could ever wear that in five, 10, 15 years, you're not going to look back and go, boy, 100%. I look like an idiot. Yeah. Completely agree with that. But in the moment, you're probably like, hey, look at this. Yeah, look good, good, ready to record a podcast. <laughs> and then I don't know why that is. Um, all right, sports reporter. So yes. Okay, tell me more about that. Why Okay, you so that? after I did that show, I went, I was three days late to high school. Um, <laughs> so I started high school late because I was on that show. Yeah. And we had a TV production class at my high school, and I ended up taking two years of TV production. And I did the sports segment because I was also an athlete. I played soccer. I played, uh, we had flag football actually in the state of Florida. And I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of other states that do now where it's not like, I'm not talking like powder puff. I'm yeah. talking legit flag football okay. where you had JV and varsity. So I played that in the, in the, in the spring and I played soccer in the fall winter. Um, so I, you know, when I was 16, 17, I realized, you know what, I actually like doing this and women were, Aaron Andrews was super big at that moment. She was just really coming onto the scene. Um, so that was one of the first female sports reporters I liked. And then I got really into Linda Cohn and Hannah Storms because I was watching a lot of ESPN. So basically from there, it just started everything. Um, you know, got my first taste of TV, legitimate TV then took production classes, learned how to write scripts, how to edit, um, how to film. And then I got an internship. And then I got into, you know, later on after I stopped playing soccer, I got into Florida State Communication School and worked with Seminole Productions as a student. And it was just from that point on, I was every step was geared toward getting me to the goal that I, you know, my dream. Yeah. I, I wonder if Erin Andrews realizes how many people she's um, inspired totally. to come down this path because there's so many people. I mean, Erin Andrews is like the the cream of the crop, you know, when it comes to like sideline reporting and just being a reporter. Do you ever do you ever think about that? And then do you ever think about like if if there's somebody watching you 
right? And they're like, man, I want to be like, because I'm sure that happens too. I had I had local reporters. I mean, you're in Boston. That's a huge area. Yeah. I had, I had local reporters. I'd be like, oh man, that, that guy's job's the best. It's wild to think that because I think about maybe when I got to Denver, I started having people reach out to me for advice. And I was like, whoa, I'm, I'm still learning. I'm, you know, six years into this and I feel like I'm still a long way to go. But really after Boston, having a show and, and having such a strong, you know, responsibility there with what we were doing, um, it hit me around that point that, man, I've been doing this for 10 years and I've been around. I haven't, I haven't just, you know, there, there's some people who really like, they want to stay where their home is and their home market and the teams they grew up watching. And I madly respect that, but I've had to be all over just to move up, just to keep going. And so it's just, it literally feels like every job was a chapter, a big chapter of my life. And so it's wild now to have people reach out to me for advice and, you know, can I pick your brain? And even with Seminole Productions right now, I'm their senior level sideline dugout reporter. And they have some students that will also get games. They're, you know, master level students. So, you know, they're a little bit older, but they want me, they shadow me and they ask me for help. And that is honestly, it's very rewarding when you get to that point, because this job can really beat you down. It can be very very tough. It's a grind. But when you feel like you're helping out other people, you're like, dang, man, this, this is worth it to, to help out other people. I, I do enjoy doing that. Yeah. Can I ask you, um, I want to, I want to take a step back a little bit. Um, cause I started going down this path, but then I thought of something else. Um, so when you, when you got let go, right. Mm -hmm. In yeah. Boston, cause I got let go in Madison. What, that was the first time ever in my life that I had lost a job in that way. Right, I've, mm -hmm. I've left a job before. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. No. What was what was that like for you? Because for me, um, being in radio, you kind of, and at least for the last couple of two or three years, where our station was kind of up and down, bumpy road, um, I just kind of mentally, you know, like it's going to happen eventually. Like this is sports media. This is radio. Everybody gets let go eventually. Oh, um, totally. Do you kind of have that the same attitude? What's that? The best of the best get let go. Sure. And yeah. I've been very fortunate that for the first 10 years of my career, it was seamless transitions. But eventually you get to a point when you're taking a risk as with something like a brand new show that you're trying something new in a market that is really, really tough. And you're going on and I mean, this was super late night. This was after Red Sox or Bruins post game. So oh, this isn't sure. immediately after the game. This is two-ish hours after the game. So you're on sometimes at one or two in the morning. And I would post about that. I'd be like, oh, just walking into my apartment and it's four in the morning. Mm. <laughs> it's tough. It's yeah. very, very tough. But honestly, like I know that we had good viewership because the responses that I would get, the amount of people falling and interacting. Um, but sometimes, you know, the person that hired me and then the person that was the one in charge of letting us know that the show would no longer be around, they were two different people. Mm. So you, when you have a change of guard, they kind of want to go a different direction and that's fine. And the thing is, is it's not personal because 
I wasn't the only one. That, so if I was the only one, it, I would be a little bit worried. But when they dissolve an entire newsroom, yeah, you're like, dang, man, there's nothing I could have done. Yeah. But the thing is, is I, uh, you know, I've been doing this for so long. I was like, you know what? Let me try freelancing. So I did the MLS Super Draft in January. That was awesome. And Seminole Productions got hooked up with them. And they're like, we would love to have you on board. And covering my alma mater again? Yes, sign me up. Yeah. Um, and I'm honestly, it, it's been good to actually step back too. The, yeah, it's it's an ego. It's a, it's a, you know, a punch to your ego. But the thing is, is, I mean, you probably feel this way too. We don't slow down. We don't stop. Sports is basically 24 seven. There's yes. no off seasons anymore. So I've actually had for the first time in 10 years, been able to take vacations to see my nephews play ball to I, I'm going on tour with my friend's band. I've been having these opportunities. I, I, I was an extra in a movie two months ago. What movie? I can't tell you yet. Oh, really? <laughs> I'll let You're you know a, when it comes out because well, tell if, me about the band. It then. doesn't come out then. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Unless it doesn't. Like, unless it's, yeah. Like I, I, I've been taking acting classes like, and I'm oh. still doing sports. I'm yeah. still on the sidelines for Florida State baseball and softball when it's on ACC Network Extra. And so, I mean, I'm getting to freelance and do other things and, and try out other things and take a break, which has been very healthy for me. But yeah, it was tough at first. Um, and not to be a Debbie Downer, like it was hard to lose that job. But the week after I found that out, my my dog of seven years, I had to put her down. Oh. And you, yeah. I don't know if you saw SVP, his tribute to his dog, um, Otis, I'm pretty sure is his name. He, he just had, he had to put down his dog as well. And man, there's nothing like losing a dog that it's, it's soul crushing. Yeah. So on top of the job, I also was dealing with the loss of my best friend, essentially, that had moved with me from Missouri to Wisconsin to Colorado to, to Boston. So it was a lot like it was like yeah i'm 30 years old and i'm hitting a midlife crisis <laughs> so, <laughs> Every, when it rains it pours right that's what they right? say it's, but that, that's the thing is is that i honestly feel like it's just a giant test some people get their test early in their career sometimes mm -hmm. in the middle of their career and sometimes it's at the very end but we're all going to get a test at some point nobody you know gets smooth waters you're going to sometimes deal with some storms here so it's it's been a growing transitional phase for me but honestly it's i'm trying to embrace it as much as possible long-winded answer but that's no. what i got for you john no that's good you know uh you mentioned in sports there's no off season and you're you're absolutely right i think that's one thing that maybe a listener or a viewer um quite doesn't grasp because when you're like i'll just get i'll just speak from my you know perspective is so you wake up in the morning, you're like, what, what's new? What did I miss? You know, like, what did I miss overnight? Cause you can't watch everything. And then, so you're trying to plan out a show. You're trying to do all these other responsibilities that you, that you have, but the main thing is to plan out a show and you get all these topics and you get all these ideas and then you do it for however long your show is. And then you go home, but guess what? The Bucks play tonight or the Brewers have a big, uh, you know, big series starting and you're like, okay, well, I'm gonna go do that. Or there's a national game or the Badgers are playing. And then before you know it, your whole day was sports. So I totally understand what you're saying because when I got let go the month of August, 
I didn't even, I don't even know what sports was. I didn't pay attention to balls yeah. or sporting events or anything like that. And uh, I just golfed and it was, but I know what you're talking about. And I don't know if everybody realizes just how much, how much sports there really are. And when you're in it, not complaining, but when you're in it, it yeah. takes up a lot of your time. It honestly feels kind of like at first, like a really bad breakup. You want to get rid of their t-shirts, their hoodies, your <laughs> pictures. You don't want to see anything that has to deal with that person because yeah. it hurts so much. It's, it's such a bad breakup, but it's healthy. And I think it doesn't matter what job you're in. Sometimes you need to take a step back and turn off the phone, get off social media because, I mean, there's so many games. You talked about all the different games and series and training camp is starting and oh yeah they're in the middle of playoffs here and then this college sport is starting and I need to tweet about it and I need to be on top of the most viral trending thing and you do not stop don't stop no you don't you're my honestly the last couple of months I feel like I can think normally again which has been healthy all I've had to focus on is Florida State softball and baseball mm -hmm. and I'm like man Two only two sports. <laughs> yeah, you're, this in my sleep, Celie. You, you're it's, you. You get to think better. You're right. Your yeah. your brain starts to be like, okay, I can slow down. I can start to to think in a, in a more positive way sometimes. And you're right. Like I totally noticed. I noticed that same thing. And for me again, like so, volleyball season was starting. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I all, took a month of August off, and then volleyball season started. And I I kept thinking. You, you're speaking right to me, Celie, because I, in my head, I'm thinking, this is amazing. I get to focus on one sport, just one sport, and I get to study every day of the week if I want for a couple hours um, to be really good and really prepared. And it was such a, a relief to be like, not eight different teams, one team, one, one. focus. That's one. all I'm doing. And I feel like the quality of work increased. So much better, right? So much. Yes. Yes. So much. And I mean, that's why we're seeing a lot of people get sports specific where you're starting, you have MLB network, you have NHL network. Uh, hopefully we'll have an MLS network. Maybe one day we'll figure out whenever the rights and everything gets figured out in the next year here. But I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome to know a lot about a bunch of different sports, but it is work. It's a lot of reading. It's a lot of watching. It's a lot of talking to different people. The beat writers that you know have the inside scoops that you're like, hey, can you tell me about this player? Um, I mean, drafts. And if you look at baseball as a sport as a whole, all of the analytics that are in baseball. So I mean, much. it's just, it's a grind just to know one sport. But when you have to know about eight and not just, you know, in some markets and some local TV uh, stations, you have to know pro you have to know college. You have to know high school. So you know all the different levels too. It's and all the rules are different at, at certain levels. It's it's a lot, but it's it's if you love it, yeah. you love it. Yeah. And, and and that's why we do it. That's why we're here, even though it demands a lot of out of, out of you. 17 hours, you have to be an MMJ, you have to move across the country every two years and pick up and start over, but you do it because you love it. And if you don't, then you get out of the business. You go to the dark side and do PR and marketing. But. <laughs> as as I'm searching on my Indeed <laughs> website for those exact jobs, that's hilarious. Hey, man, at least those jobs come with uh, free salary, weekends. Like a, a better salary. <laughs> a 
just kidding. <laughs> that's my radio, that's my radio perspective. People knew how broke journalists were. Oh yeah, like they they think like you're on TV, you must you know you must make millions. Yeah. It's like no, I make less than you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, no one realized that. Like no, I make way less. Well, I'll speak and I'm radio, so I'm a step below television but you I mean, said we had we had to have second jobs i had a second job working with um iheart radio yeah yeah i, I did the wisconsin women's sports hour like right. i with diane <laughs> that's how i met you yes that's right yes oh but you said you got to know a lot and that's that's true i've got a buddy his name's jesse and he he'll um like there'll be like a random sports story about somebody's offensive coordinator in the big 12 or something mm-hmm. and he'll ask me about it i'm like Aren't you supposed to know that? Don't you don't you follow sports? I'm like, I how many teams I'm supposed to know all the offensive coordinators now? Like my guy, if- my guy, I need to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> like I gotta sleep sometimes. I can't just read and consume everything. I I learned a great response to that though. When people tell me that, I'll be like, I don't know, but I'll look, I'll look it up and I'll get back to you. Oh, okay. Because like literally we can't expect everyone to know everything about everything. You can try. You, get and you always know more than the average person because obviously you do this for a living. Yeah. But I mean, man, like I, I, I had people quiz me early on in my career. I quiz dealt you. with that early on. I've heard tell me, I've heard that that women have to deal with that, that oh. men will always quiz them about oh, geez, the facial reaction says it all. Yeah. Tell me who won the Super Bowl in 1987. Like, <laughs> tell me who was the head coach of both teams. Like, calm down, dude. Calm down. Like you're you don't win something for be, knowing a little bit more than I do in this area. But uh, I mean, I dealt with it early on in my career. And I usually get asked this question more along the, fr- uh, the phrasing of what is something as a woman you've had to deal with? And that was something I had to deal with early on in my career. But once you get to a certain point when you've been around the block and people know who you are and you walk in a place like you know what you're doing and you come prepared with your questions and you know what you're talking about, then you don't have to prove anything. But early on, I dealt with that. But that says more about that person and less about me and my ability. So yeah, when I was younger, when I was 21, at my first on-anchor job in Joplin, Missouri, yeah, I would have some people ask me that. I would have a football coach yell at me because he didn't like what I said on my broadcast, even though the other male anchor said the same exact thing. So it's... Won't name that coach, okay. um, but it, it, he did apologize uh, later on for that too. But um, I, I don't deal with that stuff anymore, and I'm, I'm thankful that just shows you the progress that we're seeing in the in the industry. That there's so many women that are in these rooms now that people don't you don't stand out as much. I feel like now we're seeing a huge growth when it comes to minorities and people of color, and we still have so much room left to go there. We're making everyone feel like it's a welcome environment where they're respected because they earned the job, not because they have to earn your respect. Like they already earned the job clearly. Um, And so there's been a lot of progress, but there's still, there's still some ways to go, I think. Yeah. And um, I mean, you come from a sports background. You said you spent a little bit of time at Florida state Mm -hmm. on the soccer team. Uh, Can you tell me a little bit about that? And then did you have a favorite athlete growing up? And was it a soccer, soccer player? Yes. My first uh, favorite athlete was Mia Hamm, actually, when I was about five or six. Um, And, you know, this is after they had won the World Cup and it was such a big deal. 
And I later met her in Denver. And this is, you know, now 20 years later, and I'm an adult, I'm not a child. And I still feel like a kid mm-hmm. when I see her. And I'm like, hi, I'm Celie. I loved you as a kid. You were an inspiration to me. And I look at her face and she's just like, like this grown woman <laughs> talking to me about her being a child. And I was yes. like, anyway, it was really nice to meet you. I'll see you later. And I like that. <laughs> I, I mean, she was, I could tell she just was like, wow, like this is a grown woman telling me this, not a child. I'm not like cute, like a little kid. So um, it was funny when I met her, but yeah, I, I mean, she was my favorite athlete as a kid. And, and part of the reason why I got into playing soccer as heavily as I did Um so I was a potential walk-on at Florida State, but we're going to go okay. back further than that. Okay. I was a preferred walk-on at Lynn University, which is a D2 school in South Florida in Boca Raton. And mm-hmm. I went there. I graduated early. So mm-hmm. I left uh, after, you know, halfway through my senior year mm-hmm. of high school and I went there and I hadn't met the girls. I had been on the campus once and the team was so senior heavy that we had maybe eight or nine players that were practicing in the spring and it was intense. It was intense. I mean, that that jump from high school to college was hard for me because I came from a high school where we didn't lift. We didn't, you know, we had preseason, we had conditioning, we had a strength and conditioning coach. But we weren't on that next level yet. The I was in ODP briefly as well. So I'd played on some really good teams, but I knew I would have a long way to go. And I was a decent player. Um, but I realized, you know, a couple months and I'm like, maybe this isn't the right fit. Public school kid going to private school. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought I played really well in the spring. And I just decided, you know what? I think I want to come home. So I, I talked with Mark Akorian before. I mean, there's a lot of news coming out with Mark Akorian these days after leaving Florida State. But what a fabulous soccer coach, the best in women's soccer, without a doubt. And I talked with him because he had grown up. I'd grown up with him coming to some of my games and scouting some players that he was looking at, usually play, teams we were playing against. <laughs> and um, yeah, he, I had a conversation with him. He's like, listen, you'll be a practice player they'll probably never play. And I was like, I appreciated him being real with me about that. And um, I trained for like two weeks. (laughs) I was like, there's no way. (laughs) I, 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 again, those, the women that he recruits, that he recruited at Florida State, they're the best for a reason. These women are, you know, getting drafted super high up in the NWSL for a reason. These are some talented soccer players. I'm just happy that I was able to even be considered at that level as a practice player. And I don't like to say I have regrets, but I do wish that I knew more about recruiting growing up. I mean, recruiting's mm-hmm. tough. You really have to understand how it works. And my family, we didn't. Um, and the region I was in was not a top region in, in the state of Florida. But the thing is, it's like, I still play and pick up. I still play co-ed. And I'll give a good run for like five minutes. And then I'm like, you know what? I need to go to the bench. I need some water. <laughs> so I, I still enjoy playing. And it's honestly yeah. m- my favorite sport to watch and to cover because I just, I'm so passionate about the game and seeing it grow so yeah. much. And 
eventually I want to start doing play by play for soccer. That's that's the next goal on my agenda. You so. would you would you would be fantastic at it. I'm putting I'm putting it out into the world. I haven't I mean my friends know this, but now I'm putting it out into the world, John, because I, I I'm gonna make that happen. So yeah, I think I think you most certainly can, and I think you'd be great at it. You got the you got the chops kit. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, but you're you're great. I mean, I've seen your work obviously and what you've done and uh, the after hour show and then what you did here in, in Madison as well. I think that'd be pretty cool. Be it would be cool. cool. I mean, I've I've done everything. I've hosted, I've reported, I've I know how to shoot, I know how to edit, I've produced, I mean. I've done it all on them, and my mentor, um, Marcelo Balboa, who is the color for the Rapids. This is a U.S. men's national team legend. Cello is, you know, near and dear to my heart, but he, he's been telling me for years, he's like, girl, you need to get in the booth. Mm -hmm. So this is the time. All right. This well, that's what time. we're going to be looking for you next then, right? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, that's that's the plan. Okay, so um... – I thought this would be fun for you and I to do some like reactions um, because uh, I just started a YouTube channel and uh, I'll put this on YouTube because it seems like good content. And um, there are three videos we're going to react to and watch. Two of them are sports related. One of them is not. So you get to choose your own adventure. What do you want to see first? One of the two sports related ones or the non-sports related uh, video. And we will uh, we'll react to these videos. Let's do the let's do a sports one first. Sports one. Okay, we got two of them. So we'll start with because you're um, you know you covered the Boston Celtics. Mm -hmm. I'm in Wisconsin. The Bucks and Celtics are playing a series. So let me push a couple buttons. Did you see the dunk that Giannis had on the Sunday? dunk? Yes, the dunk. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. That's all you got to say. All right, so let me uh, let's watch this together because when I was watching this um, in real time in my house. I saw it and I just, I think I, I don't remember what I said, but I screamed. Like, I'm like, oh my God, like, I can't believe that just happened. So here's Giannis with the alley-oop off the backboard to himself. Let's take with a look. Matthews, with Drew, with Javon. Senecumpo. Williams. Look at this, defense. look at this. Threw it to himself, oh! He's eviscerating so, the Celtics. I think he lost wow. it. I think he lost the handle. I don't know if it was on purpose. Everything I haven't heard him say anything yet. In a superstar. Taping but... Nah, that's, that's, that's globetrotting stuff where you know, hey, I can take this in all by myself. Like and I'm going to pass it to myself. He knew what he was doing there. Look how look how calm and cool and collected his <laughs> bench is losing their mind. <laughs> the bench is the best. All right, so there you go. There's the first one. Yeah, like I said, when that happened, I was just – but that's Giannis. He, he, he's, he just makes everything just look so easy. I can't believe how amazing Giannis has become. Honestly, I, I don't think people appreciate athletes like that enough when they're in their prime because mm. that's just ridiculous. Like they make it look so easy, mm -hmm. but it is so hard. What so they're difficult. doing, and Giannis just oh my gosh, he's just so long. And he's, he's such little... a special player. He and truly he's... is because like his interviews too, like yeah. who he is as a person, working mm -hmm. with the media. You can't ask for anything better than that. No, you really he's, can't. He's so humble, and um, the book Giannis: The Improbable Rise of an NBA MVP. Uh, Mirren Fader wrote that book. I was just had her on the podcast on episode fifty a couple episodes again. And just you get to love Giannis even more through that book because no kidding. you realize if that's possible, right? If that's possible, if that's just, even possible. <laughs> just how nice and humble and 
everything about Giannis. I just love Giannis. And then to add on top of that, that he could be possibly like the best player in the league right now. Um, it's crazy. I mean, even when you go back to his early days, when he told people that, you know, he wanted to be MVP and people laughed like, <laughs> yeah. Ha, yeah, kid, go get him. And he meant it, but mm -hmm. he didn't like take it as a dig. He was just, he took it so well. Some people would get salty and start tweeting mean stuff or posting and being just a brat. And he just was, was like, okay, yeah, it's cool, man. And he just went and did it. And he's just went and did it a couple of times. Uh, okay. So, um, uh, basketball, or yeah. non-sports. Let's keep it with basketball. Let's keep it going. Okay. Yep. 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 Okay. So this one is another dunk. This was um, the other week, and once again, I don't know what it is about dunks in the playoffs, but this one. What was your reaction when you saw John Morant do this <laughs> against the yes. Timberwolves? Winner takes a three-two lead in this opening round. Series. Watch this. <laughs> Get out! Look at this! Come on! It's back by his butt. Like, how does he do that? Oh man, he had so much fun playing in that series. He really did, and he's a player that is just so fun to watch. I mean, he's brought so much to that city. They love him to death. I mean, thanks for watching. He is. What? I mean, love, love Jaw, love Jaw. And the whole thing with his dad and Usher was hilarious too. Yeah. I mean, this uh, John Moran, I don't know. Like, it's so funny because Zion and Ja came at the same time. And Zion, I mean, he, I think he averaged like 27 points per game or something like that. And then he gets injured and you don't even hear about Not Zion. And like, Ja's like, I'm, I'm the cream of the crop of that, of that class. And that dunk was just, at least some nasty dunks. But that one, Ja always has, he has either the best dunks. Or the best miss dunks because he has a couple of miss dunks where he's like jumping over dudes and he just boom bounces it off or whatever. But man, you're he'll right. literally he wants to windmill over four people. <laughs> That's all he wants to do. He's yeah. gonna try. It's I so... mean, I give him kudos for trying because he, I mean, he still runs the floor extremely well and he plays defense. But I mean, when you see crazy dunks like that, how can you not love? that player right like, come on that's 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 on everybody's highlight that's yeah. on that's that had to be sports center top 10 number one had that to might be. be number one of the season i don't I know i mean it was an I, we love dunks i don't know what it is about just the, the mean and greediness and putting someone on a poster yeah. we we love dunks i do love people who can shoot from you know the the parking lot but something about getting in the paint getting big and making someone look silly that yeah. is just chef's kiss yeah that's classic all right and the final did you see that here if you're watching on spotify or youtube if you're just listening you're gonna have to go check out the video portions of these is this um i saw this on twitter okay and i i kind of laughed i'm like well that's totally fake but it's cool it's cool i don't know if you've come across this yet but it's okay. a video that some dude put out uh in which he put a cgi moon um like here, I'll just show you. Um, it's like a moon going, it's supposed to be called Arctic North Pole Moon or something like that, but it's totally fake. And why can't I get the thing right? Here we go. Oh, I think you I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, all right, here we go. Get that full screen, go back a little bit. So, check this out the moon rise. Like, look at that. I saw that. I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool, but please don't tell me anyone believed that this was real. 
I mean, this is something on the TV show, The 100, or yes. some other kind of like futuristic movie or TV show. But there's a lot of dub, is it, what are they called? Dub fakes? What are they? Uh, deep fakes. Deep fakes. Thank you. Yeah. And I mean, people believe anything now, truly. I mean, that is so it's cool. fake. It's cool. It's cool. Let me go but back. come on. But come. But come on. Because uh, obviously a lot of the Twitter comments was like, oh, this looks totally real, but like joking sarcastically or whatever. But some people believe this stuff. And I, all I'm thinking is if the moon was ever this close, well, number one, it's. There, we'd have problems. Right. We'd have problems. Serious you, <laughs> climate problems. <laughs> like it was, it was so far-fetched that I, I didn't believe it for one second, but. If it was like that, we'd have serious issues. And you don't think anybody would have filmed this by now? Like you think by 2022, you it's like you would have seen it, and I would have seen it. <laughs> right. I think we would have been taught about that in school, like the spot where you can go watch the moon go over the earth that close. Like, and people see that in 2022, and there are really people out there that go, "Oh wow, I never knew that." Like, come on, that's the if that was real, that would everybody in the world would know about that. Yeah, there would be a giant tidal wave coming through your front door in Wisconsin. <laughs> the, the, the tides would be <laughs> all Everything up. would be disrupted completely because that is how a lot of uh, certain things that work on our planet because of the spacing of the solar system. So let's not mess it up here. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I, I read one comment said like the earth would be ripped apart or something like that. Like, And I, I don't know if that's true. Uh, but at least I admit, I don't know if that's true. Um, all right. Well, that was fun. That was fun watching some videos. I just get to, I like this because in this program we're using, we get to like play videos and, re and like see each other at the same time. So I thought that was. That's no, fun. all three of those are great too. Yeah. Um, I saw the, the moon one from, from Rex Chapman just because he posts so much stuff Okay, that that's how I saw that one. I remember glancing at it and be like, and it's fake scroll. Like, and and I'm moving on. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> definitely, definitely cool video. But um, yeah, I, I feel for those people who live in La La Land and and believe everything that they read and and see. So um, must be nice to live life like that. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you one last thing here because yeah. you know I saw all these on my phone except for the Giannis one and the John Morant one. I was watching on TV when it happened. Um, you, you were talking about like getting away from like your phone, like after you got let go and just mm -hmm. getting away from sports and everything like that. Um, are you like me? Are you addicted to your phone? Because um, I can't, I can't get off my phone and I hate it. And I thought after I lost my job, I'd be able to get off my phone a little bit more. And I think I have. Um, are, do you have any tips for me? <laughs> is that, is that, are you like that too? I, I, I'm the only one. You know what? I'm going to admit this. I, before we posted this and I, or, you know, we got on this, it's like, man, I did my hair and I did my makeup. I'm going to take a photo. I'm going to post it. So <laughs> I'm not the person to go to it for advice because I literally just posted something. Um, <laughs> but uh, honestly, I've realized the most because uh, I have put it down a lot more mm -hmm. um, because I want to be more present. Mm -hmm. And that's something that a lot of reporters, not just in sports, struggle with, but being present when they're not working because news cycles 24 seven, if a coach gets fired or someone dies, unfortunately, and you have to all of a sudden cover it, you're never present in, in the moments that you're with your family or you're off the clock, quote unquote. Um, but it's been so healthy to, to put it away. I have realized that 
it's okay to not tweet about X, Y, and Z. It's okay to not, you know, have an opinion on this certain thing that just happened. You can let other people have those opinions. And taking a step back, I realized just how much people like to hear themselves talk. Mm -hmm. And I realized how this, the phone, as I'm pointing to it, has... I just think I gained a new perspective and I think that kind of helped me step away from it because I realized not everyone wants to hear what I have to say all the time. I might think that they do because they follow me, but in reality they don't. And I've seen, and I've actually looked more at some people's takes and I'm like, that one could have stayed in the draft. I do that. I do that. There's sometimes, and I especially catch myself if I'm like, get fired up about something. Oh yeah. And I'm like, okay, okay. And I'm like, do I need Wait. to say this? We like yep. I don't I don't why. I'm just gonna get in there and then someone's gonna respond and I'm gonna have to go back and I'm gonna respond to that and I'm gonna and it's gonna one little comment can take away an hour. So oh, like, totally. I mean, people I mean I, I I'm on the fence on whether or not some people like want to engage with trolls. Some people do it all the time and some people just ignore. I'm on the fence. Like there, there is a certain, you can like dunk on them, yeah. do it. But if you engage with every single troll, are you really like doing your job or are you just on <laughs> no. the internet to fight? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a fine line. I think there, at some point you can engage with some people, but some people just want to get you riled up and you have to be able to tell the difference between someone who actually wants to have a thoughtful, meaningful sports conversation and someone who's just trying to push your buttons. Mm -hmm. um, but it has, I mean, stepping away from the phone the last couple of months here, and I'll tweet when I'm working, when I'm covering Florida State, I'll be tweeting, I'll be sharing stuff, highlights from the night, um, interviews that we do. Uh, I'll, I'll share that stuff. But I just realized if somebody really wants to know my opinion, I'll go on a podcast or I'll go on the radio. Um, but I just, the, it's a newfound perspective where I realize that not everyone needs to know your opinion about everything all the time. Even though your bosses kind of make you feel like you have to engage all the time, you don't. No. No. Yeah. Uh, and that Apple like limits that you can set on your iPhone, yes. like that's a bunch of baloney because um, I've used it and then I just, I'm using it and then it pops up. You're like, hey, we're, we're done today, buddy. I'm like, dismiss. Yeah. Dismiss, like, give me, Dismiss. give me another fifteen minutes. Just like, turn hey, it off. Quit yelling night. at me, phone. <laughs> I'm in charge. You're not in charge. <laughs> I phone. own you. You don't control me, but do you? Oh, uh, and one of the greatest, and I'm gonna try to do this again. <laughs> like last summer, the summer before, or maybe it was three years ago. I don't remember anymore. I thought I was working with you or hanging out with you like two years ago, but it's been like seven. <laughs> it's been a lot longer. <laughs> um, I once forgot my phone when uh, we were going out to eat with like family and I was like, ah, shoot, I forgot my phone. I should go back. And I'm like, screw it. And it was cool because then it, it felt like it was 1996 all over again or something like that, where you could like sit down and talk to people and it was awesome. People so I'm going to try that? to, yeah, I'm going to try to forget my phone more often. It's pretty, it's, you should honestly, try it. Sometimes. Putting it in, I, when I go out with people, I put it in my purse. Mm -hmm. I don't put it on the table. Cause like, I used to work in restaurants before I got into TV. I was a server yeah. and it's very healthy for people to be in the serving industry. This is one of my big things. I think everyone should work in sales or restaurants, 
some point in their life because it'll make them better human beings. Anyway, when I worked a lot in um, restaurants, I'd see full families on oh. their phones yeah. at dinner with each other. And I'm, I would walk up and, you know, me just being a sassel, I'd be like, <laughs> riveting conversation we're having here. <laughs> and then my tip would be bad and I'd wonder why. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's incredible when you see whole groups of people out to dinner and they're all on their phones. Yeah. It's sad. And everybody's, and no one's looking at each other. And wow. yeah. So I'm glad I mean, you forgot your phone. I'm guilty. I'm going to try to forget it more often, especially. Do when, it. But then it's tough. Maybe I'll leave it in the car. I'll just leave it in the car. Why Because is it you tough? might need it. Well, Why because, because there's so like many things happening. <laughs> I want to see all the things, Seely. No, but uh, more so like emergency wise. Like, let's say I need to call somebody because I got a flat tire and I don't know how to change my own tire or something. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's why I just keep it in the car just so it's there in case, in case I need it. Well, I mean, I could play devil's advocate all day on this, but I won't, but I understand. What what were you going to say? Well, if you got a flat tire and some, and you forgot your phone and someone pulls over to help you or a cop, I'm, I'm betting they're going to have a phone. Okay. Yeah. Everybody else like, has one, so you can easily find one. That's a good point. I'm not like isolated in Antarctica or no, something like that. The not at all. Around. Yeah. Everybody has a phone. Five-year-olds have phones. That's a good point. That's <laughs> a good point. My daughter's nine. She's been asking for a phone. I don't know when, because it's times have changed. She's going to get a phone sooner than she, the kid five years ago would have or whatever. Oh, yeah. So I shared my first phone with my brother. He was, he got his when he got to middle school. So I got mine in fourth grade. So I was... Was that nine? Yeah. <laughs> what? What? That is so we young. We shared it. We shared it. And it was a uh, Nokia and, and we would play this, the, what snake is the game. snake game on it? Yeah. Yeah. Snake game. I think yeah. that's what it was. I mean, yeah. what, what, what is a nine-year-old going to do on a phone? Call I don't know. Friend? Hi. Okay. <laughs> bye. See ya. <laughs> well, now I'd play games and apps. All that oh stuff. yeah, I I, yeah. I will say I'm addicted to Wordle and to Wordmaster, which is Wordle, but I can play it infinitely times in a day. I've I've only played Wordle maybe four or five times, five for five, four for four, whatever that is. Yeah, I'm addicted. I think I've lost like maybe five times, and those losses hurt. Yeah, losses hurt. Celie, this was fun. I appreciate you jumping on the podcast, taking some time here, and 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 catching up. I appreciate you asking me to come on. It was good to reminisce and uh, catch up as well. And I mean, let, let's try to do this again in like, what, five years? Is that, is that the yeah. pattern? Well, five, five years from now, and it'll actually be 15 um, because <laughs> of time, the concept of time. No, we'll do it. We'll do it again for sure. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me on. All right. Thank you. All right. There you go. Seely Godwin, the guest today on the JohnCast podcast. A reminder. Uh, then I'm on YouTube now. So if you want to subscribe, that'd be fun. Uh, put all the videos and the clips out there on YouTube. You can always watch this on Spotify or Apple. A rate or review goes a long way for sure. You can support the podcast as well. Everything's there in the episode description. Uh, what else? Thank you to Ian's Pizza. Ian's Pizza and myself, we're going to come up with a new promotion here in the summertime. So stay tuned for that. We'll be giving away some cool stuff. Me and Julio, listener party coming up in mid-May. Don't have the exact date. I promise I'll let you know on social media. I'll let you know on this podcast. And please come out. We're going to raise money for charity. I'm going to have a special guest. Can't announce anything quite yet. And they've got the uh, Tuesday and Thursday margaritas for $4, wine Wednesdays in their month of 
May specials as well. So go check out me and Julio, johncastpodcast.com. Let's see. I think I covered it all. I think I covered it all. Thanks for listening to this edition of the JohnCast podcast. Goodbye. Thank you.